Hey, what's up, everyone? want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and I'm resharing one of my episodes I did with Dr. Dan Kwiatkowski, and man, he's a multidiscipline type of guy, so athletic training, physical therapy, strength coach, you name it, anything around the sports rehab world, he has a certification or holds a degree in. So really fun conversation, talking about where preventative medicine is going. I believe we are at the very bottom and we are that we are we are at this place this this part where it's about to cross the chasm into where this preventive medicine i believe is really going to start to kick off who knows how long it will take but i think we're at the beginning of something special so with that said let's dive into today's episode and hope you guys are enjoying the holidays what's up podcast family i'm joe lemon thank you so much for tuning in to the real value exchange and today i want to talk about a subject that i've really always been close to now, I work in it full time. I work in healthcare and I, I've, I've been, you know, infatuated with healthcare ever since, you know, I was young and my family came out with a whole bunch of chronic diseases um, from, you know, high blood pressure, you know, you know, all the basic stuff, type one diabetes, the stuff that most of our families have. Right. And it wasn't just my inner circle. It was my extended family and beyond. And um, I launched my uh, personal training business. Uh, back when I was in college, mainly because I wanted to help people just stay active because I really bought into the movement as medicine way of living. Right. But fast forward, you know, I got into the industry now, medical device, and it's evolved. Right. Things have changed and healthcare is not what it used to be. There's still a lot of problems. There's still a lot of lack of transparency. There's still a lack of healthcare workers out there. Patients don't really get a lot of time with their physicians um, as they would like the insurance has pretty much trained us and I'm not going to blame them anymore, but the insurance has really trained, trained people to really hand off their actual responsibility for being healthy to them, you know, and that whole like, you know, fee for service model and, you know, not thinking about the long-term implications of really just trying to get ahead and trying to stay healthy and move and stay and really have a life where you thrive. Unfortunately, I believe in, in, in this world, there's only two ways to really live. You either thriving and you're trying to do all things to be on the offense of life and you're staying active, staying mobile, you know, trying to keep yourself vibrant, whatever that means to you, or you're in a slow decline. I don't think there's really the status quo. I think status quo is one of the biggest competitions that we have out there. And we definitely see this in throughout healthcare because people are stuck and not wanting to change how how the times have changed. I mean, and so many things have changed. Even the laws have changed. You have direct access to physical therapy now. Before you used to have to go through your you know primary care doctor and they used to have to write a script and then then you would go through a 15 minute you know quick little exercise booklet. I've been through it. I've always believed in physical therapy, but it was hard for me to go home and do those exercises that they used to give me. So you know. Fast forward, things have changed, man. It, things are changing for the better. And I really think that this is going to really um, spur up a whole way that I think people are going to live for way longer by us getting ahead of so many of these common issues that are out there and trying to focus on thriving instead of just getting by. So today I got a really special guest, got Dr. Dan Kwiatkowski. He's the physical therapist, strength coach, personal trainer, and athletic trainer. So he covers pretty much the whole gambit when it comes to everything rehab science-wise. And, I mean, if you've got any bump, bang, sprain, you know, tendonitis, I mean, you would go see one of those guys, right? 
mobility issues, you're going to see your strength coach, hopefully, um, and there's no pain involved. And we, and we talk about when's the right time to engage the right sector because each one of these groups now has evolved into really taking on this cash-based type of service. And I'm not sure how many of you guys are familiar with this, but now you can pay cash and have your own athletic trainer. Like So if you're very active, it makes sense for you to reach out to maybe some athletic trainers when you get a sprain opposed to going into your doctor so you can just get some Advil and rest. All right. Um, and, and there's a whole gambit of these service, you know, you got, you got sports chiropractors, you got sports, physical therapists, they can all kind of help. And there's a bleeding into each one of these different roles. So hence, this is why we got to have the conversation. This is why I got Dr. Dan with me today. And we're going to dive into the weeds of some of those and when's the right time to actually engage the right people. And, you know, this is kind of what the whole goal of this show really is about. When it first came out, I wanted to talk nothing about, you know, um, everything was about sales and marketing and the latest tactics that are out there. And that was cool. It was great. It was really a, a time for me to kind of look at it and say, great, I can, you know, bring on people, interview them and kind of glean jewels about what's the hottest things to kind of do so I can stay on top of my sales and marketing game. And okay, that that works. But, you know, being in the industry, I was like, man, it makes so much more sense to really bring on these thought leaders. And so one of the goals of the show is to really highlight a lot of those thought leaders and people that are teaching people new ways to live, right? And whether this is in healthcare or whether it's in some other industries, I want to bring on those people that are challenging people to think, you know, and, and, and hopefully they can move you into action. You know, it might take a little bit more to move you into action, but at least challenge you to think about how you view yourself, think about your current your current beliefs, why you do those things. And so Dr. Dan's going to do that today. He's going to get us thinking outside the box. And that's the goal of the show. So with that said, guys, um, got a lot of cool things that are happening within the real value exchange sphere. Uh, really excited about getting this platform off the ground where I can allow podcasters to easily be found and book. You know, if you're if you're interested in doing an interview based podcast, I just say uh, you can get yourself booked on some other on somebody else's show like myself or some other people, right? So I, I think this is what's needed for the marketplace because I got a lot of thoughts and theories about how the world is becoming nothing but this P2P play and, you know, everything's going to go direct to the person. So having direct access is the way to kind of go in healthcare. It's also how it's going to happen in business. That's what the internet does. It gives you, it cuts out the minimum everywhere. So with that said, guys, without further delay, let's get into today's conversation with Dr. Oh, and right before we get into it with Dr. Dan, please go rate and subscribe to the podcast. This always helps me out, helps me get found by other podcasters, helps me get better exposure to other guests. And so if there's any value that you're that's being exchanged here, if you're filling these conversations, please go rate it and subscribe. And Dr. Dan also is launching his own virtual physical therapy and wellness solution. So stay tuned for that, and I'll have some more of those details in the show notes. Okay, let's get into it. Yep. Yep. I've been up here for the last three months. Um, I'm a travel physical therapist. I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. And so um, taking advantage of some opportunities to, uh, I'm from the Midwest. So getting out of the Midwest is always a, a nice thing whenever we can't, whenever I can, I feel like that's a traditional Midwestern thing to say, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I get it. but I'm it, from Pittsburgh, man. So I kind of understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, yeah, I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. I work in an outpatient setting uh, and uh, I have a, uh, background of an athletic training too and strength conditioning so i try to stick to 
that kind of scene if I can, whenever it comes to like working, I, I know a lot of other travel PTs work in different settings, but that's been where I've spent pretty much my whole career. So that's pretty cool, man. I mean, I mean, so do you realize, I mean, well, I should ask it this way. Do you get more opportunities because you have that strength training background as well as with the PT and the actual athletic training? Does that kind of help out with that? Yeah, it definitely kind of helps like in certain settings. Um, definitely whenever there's um, a clinic that is looking for somebody who has experience with the active population, mm-hmm. but it also just kind of helps like understanding the whole picture of rehab to strength training. And, and that's something that I think I believe and I bias this way because of my credentials, but I believe that's something that everybody kind of needs. I mean, the goal of physical therapy for a lot of things is to help getting you be independent. And a lot of the ways of being independent is trying to continue what we taught you. And that usually includes some form of exercise. So giving, uh, giving people tips on um, how to continue their training and how to try to make it manageable, but progressive over time is like, that goes right into what we do. So it's, it definitely gives, it can open doors in, in some ways, definitely more in the sports world, yeah. which um, we, uh, we hadn't talked about before, but I've, that's something I actually came from. I came from working as more of a sports PT okay. um, and kind of transition to this more of a travel lifestyle now, just kind of um, trying something different, <laughs> which yeah. uh, definitely, definitely haven't regretted the, the decision to travel more. I feel like that's, I feel like a lot of people would agree with me in that way. <laughs> if you have the opportunity, you might as well. Sure, man. Sure. I mean, I mean, you know, it probably gives you a chance to kind of take your family to like different levels and allow them to get like exposed to different environments. I mean, because coming from, you know, coming from the whole Midwest and then being up in Alaska, I'd imagine it has to have some differences in uh, what you do on a day to day basis. <laughs> oh, yeah, it completely rocks your world for a little while. It's just like, yeah. I can't believe I'm, I'm in the place that I am. And it just, yeah, it just gives you, gets you a little more cultured and um, just meeting people from different areas. It's, it's really fun. It's really engaging, too. Well, so right before we dive into talking about some of the actual topics and like healthcare or trends, I should talk about, I should say, um, like, um, how did you get started in like healthcare in the very beginning? What was your motivation to kind of get into the field? Yeah, it's uh, it's somewhat of a common story. I feel like uh, I got an injury in high school. I, I tore my, my ACL in high school and then um, worked with a really good athletic trainer at the time, um, as well as a physical therapist. And that kind of introduced me to the healthcare world. I had never really dealt with it before that. And then, um, and then a year after I tore my first ACL, I tore it again. So I had to do another round of therapy, which it's like back back then it was just, you know, it's like six months. It's like you get six months covered. And so I had spent about a better part of a, a full year within a two year period inside of a clinic two to three times a week. So, um, so that really opened my eyes to like that realm. And, um, and then actually my mom was a physical therapist too, but I didn't really associate that with like my kind of like trajectory at the time. Yeah. Um, but when it came down to picking a major in, in college, we kind of like went to, uh, uh, I went through kind of a series of like, Oh, maybe I should be an engineer. And then I was like, Oh, maybe I could do athletic training. That's something that sounds interesting. And like I talked to my athletic trainer who had worked with me for those that better part of two years. And, um, he got me excited about it. And so I, um, I went into athletic training that was kind of my first step into, um, uh, into healthcare was trying to study that. And I still love athletic training, but when it came down to uh, graduation and kind of seeing the outlook of where athletic training is going, there's a lot of unique opportunities with athletic training, but there's also a lot of, uh, challenging work environments and schedules that like, if you know, I wanted my goal long-term is to be a family man if I can. So it's like, um, that's something that every athletic trainer I've talked to, it's just challenging to kind of do the things they need to do to be there for their family, but also be there for athletic training. Cause 
Um, I don't know how much uh, f familiarity you have with athletic training, but like they're usually working non-typical hours. So it's like after school times because they're either with a high school or, or with a college. And in the college setting, you kind of work whenever the coach is like ready for you to work. So like whenever practices are going on or whenever strength conditioning sessions are going on. So you got to be present at a lot of random times throughout the day. And the schedule's always changing. So so it can be kind of tough. But uh, but then I got into interested in physical therapy because I just felt like I needed more diversity in my career. So, um, but that's kind of the route of how I got to physical therapy and then worked in an outpatient clinic for about five years. And that's where I did most of my sports medicine um, experience uh, in physical therapy and then just decided to try something different. So that's kind of the trajectory of how I got where I but, um, but, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool though, because I've, I was talking to one athletic trainer here in like SoCal last week, and she was telling me that she's starting her own cash-based business as well. It's kind of a thing that she's kind of rolling out and really trying to get into and more so trying to help lots of weekend warriors just kind of be their on-site athletic trainers, similar to what she was doing for the college. So I thought that was a pretty, a pretty smooth play. Oh yeah. That's something like I couldn't have imagined would have been a thing by the time like this was, I mean, I graduated athletic training school in 2009. So that's 10 years ago. Yep. And I, I kind of, I, that's awesome that it's, I've heard of those opportunities coming about and it's awesome that it kind of expanded that way. Cause I feel like athletic trainers have been very undervalued for a long time. And now to having opportunities to do that and, and platforms to actually like make, you know, do their own side business and, uh, or in entrepreneurship is like awesome. Cause that's something I think that world definitely needs more of. hundred percent, man. I mean, you know, what's funny. <clears throat> we were kind of talking about this previously, but I think the only missing, not the only missing piece, but one of the missing pieces from, um, from, you know, athletic training and even a little bit of physical therapy from my understanding from the outside is that it needs a platform that could help maximize what you guys do. You know, I mean, something that's kind of centralized for the general population or at least for that active, um, uh, you know, population, I should say. I mean, because there's people like myself who beat up on ourselves and, you know, we get constantly these little nicks and bruises, you know, just strains because I'm just oh, 36 yeah. and trying to roll around with some 19 year old, you know? <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> I mean, so it's not time for me to go to the hospital, but it is time for me to make sure I do something about it, you know? Um, and so that's where I really think that this is kind of cool that you're in, you're in this side of the actual world because I see it growing. I don't see it really slowing down. So I think you guys got some good things coming. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's amazing what, I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with what people can do whenever they are put, it's almost like the athletic trainers have been pushed to a point to like find a need to like specialize more, even further than what mm -hmm. they've been doing and try to afford more access to patients they can help and their clients they can help. So that's just really cool. I'm really, that's really stokes me to feel, to hear that people are doing that. Cause it's like something that I know that they've struggled with a long time. And even, even that overlaps into PT a little bit too. Like mm -hmm. PTs are um, in a lot of ways um, compared to where they could be, like they are being undervalued in the healthcare system. And so it's like, it's kind of coming from both ends. I'm seeing the whole picture, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. so cause with, uh, with my experience in the, in the education I've had, and then the context I, I keep up with um, professional context, I keep up with, it's like, it's everywhere. It's like, we, we're in this, in this rehab setting. It's, it seems to, it's definitely like it has its place in healthcare, but it's definitely undervalued still. And so, but I think people are, um, the more and more people are becoming aware of like the way medicine works. Um, I think they're wanting to have something that's a little bit more tangible that can help them. That's conservative care more so than just like going into, um, get X x-rays, MRIs, and then prescribe drugs. And then it's like, Oh, well, then you have to you know take a period of rest. And it's like, what else? Do, and it's like, what else do I do? Mm -hmm. And then 
a lot of doctors still are just like, well, just, just wait. <laughs> and uh, so it's unfortunate or, or just like, we'll see how it goes. And then maybe a surgery. And it's like, um, that's something that I'm actually really passionate about is trying to find ways to help improve people's outcomes by like filling in the gaps with some of that, um, um, some of those like abil- those that conservative care model, like trying to fill in the gaps with like, there's more to your body than just uh, trying to heal it with drugs and time. So yeah. um, that's something I feel really like that we can help out with, whether you're an athletic trainer or a physical therapist. I mean, it's just it's so much opportunity for that. Man, I would love to talk about that for a little bit because you're absolutely right. I mean, the fact that, you know, that's kind of been the whole status quo for the past, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, where it's like, hey, we either will give you a pill, we're going to cut into you, or you just need time to rest, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. those are the three things that the most of the general population kind of hears. And you have to kind of dig a little bit, trying to find, you know, for, you know, what's some other, you know, what's some of the options I have? It's kind of one of the reasons why I even have this platform that we were talking about is because mm-hmm. I want to try to try to shine light just out to the general public that there's other things going on that you can do, you know, that, that, that could give you that jump prior to kind of just being in that funnel of, you know, surgery, pills, arrest only, you know, mm-hmm. um, what's some opportunity that you're kind of seeing there, man? Yeah, it's, um, well, it's kind of the concept of like, I'm kind of, and I, I kind of am learning still how to, um, to explain it. Cause I think that's one of the biggest tricky, the tricky parts that I think PTs have right now mm-hmm. is a communication issue It's a communication issue of what, what do we actually do with clients? Like how can we help your pain? Um, and, and in a way it's, I mean, I feel like other professions have been much better at this than we are. We're when the PTs historically aren't very great at marketing services. We kind of have always been, I think under the limelight of like physicians for a long time. And it's, so it's been kind of like a, um, you kind of have to just rely on your physician. So there's been, I think more of a surge in our field lately to like be more active, be more proactive, get involved in the community, try to teach people what they do, what we do. And I think a biggest, big part of what we do is like, we kind of just help you move better. We help you uh, function at a higher level. And it doesn't always mean we're going to have you come in and just like work you to death and exercise. It's like, there's a lot of tools that we use, which I think is a common misconception. I think people like, uh, there's a a lot of um, patients who have come to PT over and over, they, they kind of coined the PT term as being physical torture or some version of that. <laughs> and so, true, and so yeah. there's this like, there's this element of like, even when they do get issues to PT, it's like, it's, they, they think that that's what they're getting. And, and sometimes it is, sometimes it, yeah, we kick your butt because you need to get stronger and you need to push yourself in ways that you haven't pushed yourself outside of um, seeing us. And so, but there's a lot of just like educational components that go, that go on, like really understanding like what it is that um is causing the pain like what's provoking the pain why is it limiting you with the certain things that you're having difficulty with and just educating on like the tissue healing process but then also educating on what you can do rather than just what you can't do in terms of being active um i think um physical therapy is is a lot about trying to encourage people and help them um help them learn about how their bodies like going to respond to certain scenarios, whether it, uh, it, what that probably got them to the point where they are in pain or if they had a traumatic injury, then it's just kind of understanding how that process is healing and what, um, what we want to focus on at different 
phases of the rehab process. And so um, there's a lot of encouragement. There's a lot of trying to just educate and trying to empower them so that they can really feel like they have control or at least a little bit more control or at least an understanding over the process that they're going through rather than just throwing their hands up in the air and just like, well, something's wrong with me and it's not going to get better on its own. So we need to do something to like injection and, and surgery. It's like, that's kind of the, one of the biggest challenges that I have as physical therapists is trying to teach that even to someone who comes in my office, like who's already there in, in the, in the therapy session, let alone teaching it to the general public who may not be as, as interested in jumping into that physical therapy world yet. hundred percent, man. I mean, I mean, so you, you, you know, it's funny too, because you're talking about two things that are big money makers in healthcare injections and surgery, right? I mean, mm-hmm. do, do you envision this being more of a top down approach or more of a bottom up approach as far as trying to get the word out? What's your, what's your thoughts on how that should look for the, um, Oh man, I think it's, uh, it's, we have, it depends, man. It's always, it's like, that's yeah. like a classic thing we say in, in, in healthcare is it always depends. Cause it's like, I think you need both. I need, I think you need to have good leaders at the top trying to, um, help instill change to the general public. And then also getting the word out there to as many people as possible, whether, no matter what platform it is, um, even if it's, um, in, in the media in, in, in pop culture, whatever. I mean, I think I'm just thinking of pop culture. I'm thinking of, uh, I, um, Kevin Hart with his recent injury. Like, I think he sh- did some shout outs to his PTs at various points. Like even just stuff like that will like help people be more of aware of what they can help with. And I saw some videos of the stuff he's doing. It's pretty intense, even though he went through everything he went through, but uh, which I was very surprised, but, um, uh, but yeah. then even just like, yeah, teaching. And then that's where it comes down to like, if the bottom up approach is like, even myself, like, I'm working as a staff physical therapist uh, as a travel, as a contractor in a company with a company up in Alaska. And it's like, it's even my duty that even though I'm only here for a few months to educate as many people as I can uh, about what we do um, in, in the clinic. But then also we really, I really believe in community involvement, trying to reach out to the community in a variety of ways. And in the clinic that I work with now, I and mean, we've done, I've only been here a few months, but we've done um, uh, injury prevention um, programs for skiers. We've done fall prevention screening for um, an elderly like uh, uh, social group um, that's mm-hmm. down the street from us, and and just get involved in like there's a CrossFit gym not too far away, which that's a that's a that's a interesting one too, just because that can be a good money maker sometimes. But um, <laughs> but they actually but they actually do good work over there, and, and I'm impressed with what they do. But um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to take both sides of the um, sides of this to really get it to where it needs to be, and we're in it. It's going to be a long haul. I mean, it's 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 about changing healthcare. That's really what it's about, and how we perceive what healthcare can do and what how it can help. And um, that's just a, that's a whole societal viewpoint, and it's not just coming from one source. It's how we all perceive what healthcare is and what it can do. Yeah, so I want to transition a little bit and talk about some of the biggest hurdles in healthcare. Obviously, we can't bundle all the issues in this episode, but, you know, just the confusion in the marketplace. And we know that education is one of them. Let's start with athletic trainers. Because a lot of people don't know that they exist, except for athletes that have that, that I used to work with them. Yeah. Um, and then the PT world, right? A lot of people don't really know that they can go direct to you guys. And then you have the personal training guys, the actual strength coaches, who I feel like everyone knows about though, and they feel like they can go to the trainer for everything. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the these lines are really blurred for the you know at least for me, engage someone like yourself. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a really good question. And, um, I, and now that there's becoming, like you said, like it's becoming more athletic trainers out in the, I guess you could say the free market and having clinics of their own and, and operations of their own, like that can in some ways make it more confusing. Cause like, but that's, that's, so that's a really, but that's a really good question. Cause like, I, I, I often don't always think of it, but I do know that like, that's something that the general public isn't sure about. And, um, I'd say in general, um, it depends on all what your goals are and what happens, um, what happens to you. So, I would say that as a kind of a, kind of a cut and dry way of thinking of it, and this isn't 100% right in every circumstance, but if you're having pain that's leading to um, consistent pain, I, I wouldn't say maybe daily, but you could have like consistent pain over time, um, then that's a good indication that's affecting your daily life. That's a good indication you should see a physical therapist. However, I could say that if you are an active person and you um, had a, an injury you suspect is from some sort of athletic event and you're having pain that's causing you know daily discomfort an athletic trainer could also be a good resource um and, and not to say that athletic trainers don't treat people who aren't active it's just that more of that's more of their specialty um but i mean as as again the free market's growing with this i mean athletic trainers they have the scope of practice to treat within the realm of pretty much athletic injuries in general but there's always there's some conditions that kind of overlap a little bit um but uh, that's kind of a, a basic version of it. I feel like if you're not really having pain, you just are having um, weakness um, or feeling uns uh, having any sort of like performance, I would say issues, meaning like you can't walk as far as you used to, but you're not necessarily having pain. You just can't do it very well. Or um, you're um, feeling weak trying to pick something up off the ground. Like that would be a good a weakness is as a general rule of thumb without pain. Is as, as a general rule of thumb is a good way of going to your personal trainer, uh, and then they can obviously screen you. And if you're having pain with certain basic movements, then go see a physical therapist or an athletic trainer. So um, I kind of put them in a little bit of the same category, just depending on what your goals are. Because athletic trainers again more mindset towards athletic injuries, um, but that's kind of like a basic way to look at it. I just think it's it's keeping it simple. It's just like if you're in pain, it's affecting your daily life. Um, if it's, it, then you see a physical therapist, if it's related to more at only athletic things, athletic trainers would be good people to resource, but there's also a lot of great sports PTs out there too. Um, and so it kind of really just depends on what their experience is. But, um, so like if you go see any PT off the street, um, you may, you want to just do your homework in terms of like, Oh, are they familiar with sports injuries? Um, have they treated a lot of them? Um, if they haven't, then you could either find a sports physical therapist who has had experience or you, you can see an athletic trainer. So there's a little bit of variability with that. Um, does that kind of make sense? hundred percent, man. I mean, I mean, I just want to make sure that I actually heard you right then. I mean, because it sounds like yeah. if I have issues with mobility, right. Perfect time for me to go mm -hmm. talk to an actual, you know, strength coach or maybe my actual personal trainer, if there's no mm -hmm. pain with that mobility, is that right. correct? That's, that's fundamentally correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I think that little, that little conversation right there could be had for a year straight, I feel like, and, <laughs> and maybe we would get some actual progress into the actual field because, because I think there's so many people walking around that are at these desk jobs and people like myself who like travel a lot and even like you, right. You're on the road a lot and, and are, mm -hmm. are you moving from different, different, totally different environments. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you know, you obviously know, but like most of the other people don't fully understand where do I kind of go get help with this besides me to just go to the gym and try to just move some things around myself. Uh, mm -hmm. Or do I just rest because I don't want to hurt myself because I can't, you know, 
I really can't fully move the way I know that I should. So should I just go home and just kind of sleep on, you know, on my backside instead? <laughs> oh man, as a as a per, as a person in this world, as a as a professional in that world, rest yeah. is usually never the answer. It's like maybe maybe for a day, but that's it. Like it's like yeah. it's, I can't even like yeah, that's that's just something that. I can't, I can't endorse. <laughs> hey man, and, and, just rest. <laughs> well, you know, what's so funny too, though, because, um, you know, previously once there was a sprain, they were like, throw it in the cast. Right. Or, you know, I mean, they would oh, yeah. make it like immobile for all the time. So, I mean, talk about that for a second too. I mean, like, because the whole, um, I feel like movement as medicine has evolved. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, give me some thoughts about h- how you think people should be thinking about it now today modern times because 10 years ago i didn't feel like it, it was different than what it is today yeah and it, i mean it, you, you probably know this even too just it changes every 10 it's like five to ten years big changes yeah. happen to the healthcare. so it's like the things we were doing 10 years ago are like well we should probably done it a little differently and 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 things progress over time and, and it's 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 i don't know i was told this a long time ago in my early in my career is that it's a medical practice it's not a it's not a medical fact it's like it's hmm. there's a lot of it's there's a lot of things that we, we, we are practicing constantly to try to revamp. And so, um, and so going through that kind of that process of like, yeah, it's like when you have injuries, what do you do? And, and it's kind of hard to, it's hard to pinpoint it. Cause the, usually, again, the answer is it depends. Like, it's like, it really just depends on how, how bad it is. And like, the best way to really know what's going on and what you should do is consult the medical provider. Cause like you could have like that example of like a, a sprained ankle, like, yeah, there's a lot of people who sprain their ankles who don't necessarily um, have long long term implications in terms of pain and dysfunction. Um, I I would say that like in general, if you sprain an ankle, no matter how bad it is, you should see somebody for it. Um, and I would say that a sprained ankle, especially unless it's like you can't put weight on it, um, then go see a physical therapist, like the, or, or an athletic trainer, somebody who can diagnose it quickly and tell you, oh man, you should get an X-ray, or oh, no, you don't probably have to get an X-ray right now. Like we. We have some of those um, processes in place at this point where we have a pretty good idea of like when people need to do those sort of things, like whether they need to get imaging or not, or if they need to immobilize it or not. And, um, but it completely depends on the person, how, in, how severe it got injured, where they're at. Like if they saw you the day after it happened, yeah, I'm probably going to say like, you might want to just like take it easy for another day or two. Um, not completely rest, but hey, give you some exercises, gentle exercises. But then if it's someone who sprains their ankle and they're still struggling after two weeks and they can barely walk on it, then that's somebody I want to treat a little differently. Um, and so the the practice, again, medicine is just, it's always changing. It's always evolving. We try to do the best we can with the information that we know. Um, but the, really the best way to know is to consult somebody because they're going to tell you at the point in time that you're seeing them what you need to be focusing on because we um, we have there's different phases of recovery there's but there's also different ways that people um, per, uh, perceive injuries and how it affects them um, there's, there's, so there's a big issue I think there's a big challenge of overcoming uh, personalities in a lot of ways so if you're a type of person that just puts pain to the back burner and doesn't think about it but then at the end of the day you're like your ankle's killing you because you've been on it all day then I'm going to treat that person a little bit differently than someone who's like, I'm scared to put weight on it because I don't know what's going to happen if I put weight on it. And so, um, so that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that's the part I, I see day to day is trying to figure out, um, where they're at with the injury cycle, how bad it is, what type of personality am I, de- am I working with here? What type of person am I dealing with and how is it affecting their daily life and trying to help them understand that 
relatively quickly, quickly, it can be really tough sometimes, but, um, but I'm in a profession luckily where I get a lot of time with patients. I mean, we get a full hour one-on-one most of the times with patients and, um, especially for that first session. And then after that, um, you could get anywhere between, I mean, depends on the clinic you work at, you get anywhere between 20 minutes to an hour of one-on-one after that. So it's like, you kind of get a lot of time with people and you see them multiple times through a week and you can really try to help them, uh, try to help chip away at, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, really try to get into teaching them what's going on and trying to find ways so they can resonate with what you're saying um, is, um, is, is difficult, but it's, it's a really important part piece of like what we as physical therapists can do to help. And I think in healthcare in general is taking the time. I think it's always the challenging part is nobody ever has enough time, but right. taking the time to, yeah. to at least give the person their, what they need. And a lot of that is, um, is listening to their story. And so, um, is listening to, Hey, what happened to you? How is it, how is it affecting you? Um, how are, uh, how are you dealing with it now? I mean, is it affecting your job? Are you having financial issues now because of, you know, the pain that you're in, um, or, or not quite getting that deep that fast, but, but that's kind of the realm of like things that we talk about. And so it's always much more complex than it's like, Oh, you got an injury. What do you do? It's like, well, it just depends. <laughs> so, but there's a lot of things you can do. You just got to know where to start. And if you don't know, then you got to ask. So. I think it's a great point that you actually brought that up, man, because, um, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where it's a very complex puzzle uh, and, and each person brings different elements to it. Right. Yeah. Like if you're at home all day and you have a totally free schedule because you're retired, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's a totally different way to kind of treat someone than someone that's maxed out only getting three and a half hours of sleep because they're working their face off. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd imagine that whole like treatment process has to be, has to be totally different. And, and, and you guys kind of cater for that. Um, you know, I would have to imagine that's one of the biggest hurdles to kind of scale that this whole conversation around education as well. I mean, um, yeah. I, have you come up with any thoughts or any other type of solutions to how that can better happen knowing that each person is so complex and diverse? Um, as it relates to my job or in healthcare in general? <laughs> um, you know what? <laughs> I'll keep it right to your job. Just try to keep it simple because healthcare can be a beast. As, uh, yeah, that's, as well, that's why I wanted to clarify that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so I mean, so I feel like, I feel like a lot of, yeah, we, we talked about education, how that piece comes into play. Um, it, it's kind of ties right into, uh, I guess a couple things that I'll say is that um, something that I see a lot of is like part of, part of being able to have a successful outcome is to build trust and um, get buy-in from your patient. And so um, no matter how you're trying to educate them, if they don't trust you, they're not going to, they're not going to take any, any information that you say ser- either seriously or they're not going to take it fully or they're not going to really understand it. Um, and that's one of the key things I, I focus that on. That's one of my, actually my personal and professional growth like goals right now is to try to, is to continue to challenge myself to build trust quickly build rapport quickly. Um, um, trying to show them that, Hey, like I, I understand what you're going through. I want to try to help you um, being as genuine and sincere as I can um, uh, with everybody, which um, that's a, that can be exhausting and just doing that, <laughs> let alone doing actually any other treatment. But, but just like, just having that idea that like whenever a person comes into my room, 
they they want to be understood. They want, they may not know it at the time. They they a lot of people come in thinking like, oh, I I need to be told what to do. Yeah. But I I kind of ask the I kind of think of it as they were coming into the clinic and they want to they want to know that I understand what they're going through and I understand how it's affecting their life. And then by asking questions and letting them talk, really, just doing a lot of active listening techniques. Um, that's kind of how I try to incorporate that into my daily daily um, job is just trying to listen to them, have them tell me their story, um, try to be charming, try to be helpful, try to smile a lot, like just doing all those things to try to help be a good conversationalist and show them that here, like, Hey, I'm here to help you. Like, I think that's a, a big thing that, um, I don't know if it's always overlooked, but it's maybe not emphasized enough, I think. Um, yeah. And part of it is because of, I mean, a lot, I've worked in a lot of different types of clinics and this clinic I'm at now, we do, we treat one-on-one for 60 minutes, but that is not the norm. I mean, I, I'm used to working in clinics that you have 10, 15 minutes of like face-to-face time, but then you got three or four other people in the gym doing something that you're trying to keep an eye on somehow. And that can be really distracting for both a therapist and a person. But, and that's something that I struggle with personally is I, I get distracted easily. So that's something that's, that's difficult for me I'm personally. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, just trying to, but trying to teach and it, it can be done. Like people do it all the time and people find ways to engage with people, even if they only have 10, 15 minutes, but being able to build that rapport quickly, build that trust immensely helps, helps people understand that you're on their team, not just, not just shouting orders at them, but you're on their team with them trying to help them through this. And I think that's a, uh, a big thing that I, I don't always, I didn't always think about it whenever I started out as a clinician, I kind of focused more on how do I get this person better from a medical side and less from a personal side. And so, um, and I think that that goes hand in hand um, and, and can't be overlooked. I, I've overlooked it for too long. And I feel like that's something that I, I've noticed um, can be very, very, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to hit a home run every time with everybody, but at the very minimum, if that's what I strive to do, I think I can help a lot more people that way. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it, it is one of those things where it's, uh, it's those soft skills, man. Like we have like, we have like so many tools out there these days. I mean, we can do this zoom call. I'm in California, you're up in like Alaska and it's like, we can do this easily, right? Everybody can jump on an actual video call and we got so many resources around us, but it's trying to scale the stuff that you just can't almost because yeah. it's not meant to be scaled. You know, I mean like building trust is like a one-to-one, you know, sport. That's a one-to-one activity. It's difficult mm-hmm. to do to the masses. I mean, there's some tricks people kind of talk about, but uh, you know, out to the masses and really getting that buy-in, like you said, I mean, that has to be the most important thing because if I walk out the clinic and I'm like, this is this is a waste of my time. You, you know, mm-hmm. I need to go yeah. back to work my face off. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, I yep. mean, it's not going to happen, right? I mean, I, I mean, and so I love that point. Um, and we're getting ready to wrap up, man. But I would love to kind of talk about a little bit about this work-life balance activity because I think this is an uh, uh, emerging conversation. Mm-hmm. I think physical therapy is one of the best. Uh, careers to kind of take that that will give you that work like crazy uh, ambitious career goals that everyone has yeah that's no that's a good uh, that's a good topic to bring up because that's something that really hits home for me I mean that's part of the reason why I think I I wanted to travel is because I needed um, I needed to remove myself from my previous work environment I'd worked somewhere for five years and I just it was 
wearing on me quite a bit. But um, and I also wasn't taking care of myself the best way either. It's kind of this like whenever I was just starting out, it was more of a like like kind of like the example you talked about, like having somebody working their butt off or getting three or four hours of sleep. Like that's in a way that's kind of what that was what I was doing. I was trying to I was trying to work, make money, uh, pay back loans, but also try to do good work and grow myself professionally. And and that's a few things, but it's a lot, it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to do. And, uh, and then of course be around for, for family events. But, um, but I think physical therapy, I mean, they, uh, they do have a pretty, I mean, I'd say in general, they have pretty set hours. Job is fairly organized. Um, there is still a lot of paperwork that comes with the, with the, with the job and there's a lot of extra stuff that comes up and, and it's definitely like, I, I've been to some doctor's offices and they see like some orthopedic surgeons and they see like 60 patients a day. And I don't, I don't get how they could do that, but we, we kind of get more of this like fluffy eight to maybe 15 patients in an eight hour day. <laughs> and it's even lot, though. I mean, I, it, it yeah. for the time we're spending, I mean, like if you kind of compare the, I mean, I know I'm just comparing an, this idea. It's not, I know it's not foolproof, but you know, a physician sees 60 patients and they only get five, 10 minutes with people that kind of equates out to. Um, I don't know if that math is going to do me honor or do me justice, but, um, but, uh, it kind of equates out to, I mean, we spend an hour or hour, 20, 15 minutes with people and we see eight, you know, 10, 10 of these people a day yeah. that, that still kind of equals out. And there's paperwork obviously involved in any healthcare field and, um, that can kind of overlap into, into off hours. But, um, but yeah, that's something I'm really trying to figure out. Um, that's a, that's a current personal goal of mine is like, how do I manage that? And I think there's certain companies that make that easier. Like I said, the company I'm working for now is one-on-one and we, we have to definitely like make sure that all documentation is ordered so we get reimbursed appropriately versus if I kept working at the place I was, I mean, it's, it's, the documentation maybe didn't have to be as precise because I'm just seeing so many patients and plus the, maybe the, the insurance companies aren't as strict on their documentation. So there is a balance to that too, um, in terms of the type of job you have to be able to have a little bit of better of a work-life balance, but it's gotta be a good fit for you, um, personally too, and professionally. Like it's, I'm, I'm learning about myself is that I feel like I do better in this one-on-one environment. Um, I feel like some clinicians would go to this one-on-one environment and just get bored. And so, (laughs) and they wouldn't be happy. And so, um, and so for me that like kind of that busy outpatient clinic that I used to want to do, I used to want to be in that environment. Um, it's just, it's just overwhelming. And I, and I, and I just, it can't handle all the, like I said, almost like I get distracted, um, too much and and that delays everything. So that was a big key for me of finding I guess to answer your question, defining the right job, finding the right job for you, what your goals are. Um, there are companies who can, I think be a better fit for you. You have to obviously believe in what they're doing. Um, so that's one, I think one thing that I've, I've learned is that finding the right job for the right situation at the right time of life for you, for whatever's going on in, in your career. Um, and, and another thing I'm, I'm trying to, I'm also trying to take an active role in, I just finally got out of debt a couple months ago. So I'm trying hey, to figure congratulations, out, man. oh my awesome. gosh, that's uh that's, that's a big, big accomplishment. And so, big deal. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, so, I mean, I know, I know I'm very fortunate because there's a lot of other people who are, and say I'm six years out of school who, um, who are really are just like, I'm going to pay for the next 20 years. Like it's just happening. Like dude, it's I got to so, talk to you about that in like a whole <laughs> separate podcast, man. I mean, I'm not going to start a whole separate episode about that, dude. Alone. That's awesome. Though. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it makes me think a lot about like, what am I going to do finance wise for the next, you know, however long I can and hopefully retire at a decent age. And so, um, 
trying to find other things you can do on the side. Um, I'm learning about myself is that I, I might not want to do too much on the side that's still healthcare related. I think I like to step away from healthcare at, at if I can at various points of the day um, mm -hmm. to find other side incomes. And so I'm figuring that out right now. I'm trying to see if there's a uh, ways that I can either provide a service or, um, or just like do something different, like learn a skill that can, I can make money with. And so um, that's kind of where I'm going with this. I know, I don't know if this is the route you were asking whenever you're talking no, about work life balance, it but, yeah. but it's just, it's all about for me, it's all about, taking care of my family at the end of the day and being around. And um, like I was saying before, my previous situation I was in with work, I was just overwhelmed, stressed and working 12 hours a day and not feeling like I could actually get away from it. And um, versus now I, I have a maybe a little bit more of a flexible lifestyle and I'm able to have a little bit better work-life balance, even though we're, my wife and I are traveling everywhere. But, um, but that's definitely like part of the thing for us is just trying to find that right fit job wise. And then we can, then now that I can have maybe extra time to try to pursue uh, other side hustles and possibly develop passive income streams. So um, that's kind of where I'm going right now with that, finding other ways to make income and not feel like I have to work all the time. Well, well, I, I mean, I think that, I think that you already crossed one of the biggest hurdles, which is getting debt free because then that really lets you have the freedom to be creative whenever you're not kind of have, you know, with the weight of the debt to kind of be like, all right, I got to do something because I got to make some money and, and then that's your motivation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now yeah. it's probably going to come from a much different place. You'll probably find a, a much better fit and the amount of different ways to make money out there. I mean, if you ever want to do podcasts, I'm just sure to do that. <laughs> I mean, there's a ton. There's, there really is. There's a ton. I mean, um, you could throw ads on your, on your blog or your podcast. You can sell products. You can make your own product import from China. I mean, I mean, man, there's so many ways to go about, just making a buck is crazy. So um, hats off to you though, man. I definitely want to stay tuned to kind of see how that looks out, you know, how you kind of build that out in the future, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a new world for, I'm not a, not an entrepreneur by, by heart, I guess. It's like, it's not something I've ever felt comfortable doing. I'm, I've usually almost always been uh, more of a follower than a leader. And so this is like a different world, man. Like, it's just like something that I'm, um, I, I, I feel very hopeful that I can, because there's, you're right. There's tons of ways to, to find, yeah. to, to kind of create independence for yourself. And that's something that I'm just, I'm learning in the past couple of years. And it's really, it's really inspiring. Actually. It's really cool to see a lot of other people doing something that I thought I could never do, but they were in the same situation I was and maybe have a similar personality type. And it's like, it's just really cool to see that a lot of people are able to do that. Yeah, man. And, and you know, um, I'll just say this too, because a lot of people think that it's the outgoing guys like myself who are, you know, extroverted. I love talking to people. I meet random people, but man, I know so many great business people, even salespeople or people that have their own product lines that are introverted or, or people like, you know, Tim Ferriss. He's a very introverted guy. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, he has a podcast. So he can talk to people. I mean, he's not like a hermit or anything, right? But, but still, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, and he, I, I think that lots of the myths about what it took to kind of build something in the past are being shattered, you know? And it's mainly because we have a lot more resources for us to kind of do. Yeah, At least something that's kind of fun out there for you. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing is making it like making it fun, entertaining, but also like something I can develop a passion for or like enjoy doing. I think that's like um, the biggest thing because I, I enjoy a lot of parts of my job, but there's also things that I want to just remove myself from. So finding sure. ways to um, to to kind of get away and re recharge. That's something I, I never really understood until like the last 
year and a half is like it's i gotta crazy, like i gotta recharge man i gotta find what helps me like do how things. old by the way dan um, <laughs> yeah um i'm 32 <laughs> so okay yeah it's uh no man i mean i mean um <laughs> i didn't mean to cut you off on that but like oh I'm you're like, fine <laughs> I'm like 36 and I'm like, you know what? Recharging everything right now for me. It's like, it is like, it's my whole movement around working out. I mean, I still love working out. I still love being active, but I'm like, I got to figure out how to kind of have some downtime too. It's mandatory. So yeah, keep going. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, well, and that's something I'm learning is that like, I, before I would recharge by like, let's watch, you know, let's watch Netflix. Let's have a right. chill weekend. And it's like, there's only so many chill weekends you can have before it's like, all right, I think I've watched like every show that I've wanted to watch this whole like you know, six months of Netflix that I'm just like sick of it. And I want to go do something different. And so that's actually one of the reasons what inspired my wife and I to like go out and do this travel thing is like, we, we love hiking. We love being out in the wilderness and kind of get, I I've noticed I'm in a small town, Alaska, like even just walking around the town, that's like, it's the town's only like 3000 people. I'm used to being in places that are like suburb after suburb of like 50,000 uh, of like wow. thousands and thousands of people. So I'm just used to having people around and even just being out in nature or in a chill rural environment is like so great for me and being able to hike whenever we can um, visit places we haven't been to before um, within reason. Cause I mean, you know, we're all, I'm, I'm trying to stay, I always try to stay on a budget, but, <laughs> but uh, that's part of the reason why I'm in the situation I'm in with just getting out of debt. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's something that like, and I'm, I'm really understanding the importance of it now and um, learning that there's more to life than just work. I can do a lot of good things with work, but there is more to life than just work and finding ways to balance those out is the, is the key. So it's, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of trial and error, tons of trial and error, actually. But uh, <laughs> when it comes yeah. down to it, it's worth it. It's worth the it's worth it to figure that out because that's going to help you for the rest of your life. Well, man, I mean, you know, if I can just kind of close out on on like a couple comments, man, because um, it's been it's been great talking to you for one, and two, I love this this like how we kind of put the icing on this cake here because recharging is something that applies to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. um, something that I'm catching on to super late. I just started thinking about it like maybe six months ago, you know, after <laughs> killing my adrenals, drinking bang energy drinks, I still have coffee, but still, you know, I'm, all the worst stuff, you name it, I was doing it. You know, I mean, not the worst, but legally the worst stuff, right? <laughs> right? Everything that was on the shelf, I was taking it. Let me say that. And, and so, you know, it's one of those things, after you do that for, you know, 10, 20 years now, because I've been taking stuff ever since I was like 20 years old, so 15 years, let's call it. I mean, man, I'm, you know, it beats you up, man. And you just kind of wake up out of this coma, like, maybe I should start trying to get eight hours of sleep on a regular basis. And mm -hmm. let me try to just go out and go for a hike and just kind of get away and just be in nature. Because nature, the cool part about nature is that it's, it's already slow. It's moving at its own mm -hmm. pace. And so you won't run into a guy like me or maybe like a whole bunch of guys with a whole bunch of energy and bang drinks in us and, and they're all hyper around you. Nature is chill. So it automatically kind of knows me out anyway so um i think it's great i mean i think it's a great place to maybe even talk about it. i mean if you ever have any ideas around that recharging people i think that's a great conversation to have i mean because more people need it let me say that so so um as we're about to wrap up here please tell everybody how to find you uh i know you're on linkedin that's how we linked up but if you have any other places that, that you want to um have the actual audience reach out to you please fuck yeah up. Yeah, I'm actually, um, it's funny we you kind of contacted me when you did because I literally just started like a an Instagram um, on kind of uh, kind of some of the topics we talked about. Um, uh, it's 
grow it's at growth.in.travel so growth.in.travel and the idea that i have here is it's a lot it's a lot of a self-reflection for me but also an outlet to try to kind of connect with others um try to improve the idea was for an outlet to like uh improve my personal growth or at least have some accountability for it as well as help others who might be going through something similar and so um it's literally brand new. I just launched it like a week or two ago. And so it's like very much in its infancy stages, but the idea is to share a conversation behind personal growth, um, what you're working on, um, what you feel like has been helping. What do you feel like you need to, what you need help with and trying to help just connect with others with that. And I'm not necessarily, I'm not in a place where I can teach people what to do, but I'm just sharing my experiences and sharing what I'm going through, um, as a way to connect with others who might be going through something similar. And so, um, that's kind of something that I, I feel really passionate about. And with uh, some encouragement from my wife, I kind of got started. So, um, cause, uh, that's something that's an idea that I've, always love to kind of explore is just self-reflection, self-growth and uh, being able to share that with others, I think is something that helps me get me out of my comfort zone, but also helps me connect with others too, which is something I, with a lifestyle where you travel everywhere, it's kind of nice to connect with others as much as you can. Um, then I have another, uh, um, I guess I, you can, I may put my email in the show notes, but I'll have yep. to just write that one. Cause that's something that, uh, uh <laughs> spelling, it's not going to do anybody any good. So just maybe reading <laughs> it, <laughs> there'll be fine. But that's be the easiest ways to contact me. If anybody has any questions or they're interested in anything. I'll totally put those in the actual show notes for everyone, man. And, and you know what though? I mean, um, I keep saying one last thought. I hate when I do that, <laughs> but, but it's, but it's one of those things where I think, you know, we need less teachers out there and we need more people to keep people accountable to whatever is true to them because there's nothing better than you teaching yourself or going through the experience and then just kind of learning through the process. I think that's the best teacher. Like, you know, I mean, life is the best teacher, right? And so having that group, I think could be great for people, man. So um, I'll definitely kind of follow it and then I'll put a, you know, links to it in natural notes, of course. Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, Dr. Dan, man, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. This has been great. Thanks for kind of waking up early and kind of, you know, let me just kind of pick your brain about a couple things. But um, everything's a wrap here, man. So we're done. We're out. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was good talking to you, too. Absolutely, brother. And just like that, it's a wrap. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Real Value Exchange. Stay tuned for more and more content coming out. I want to keep trying to drop more and more heat, more and more thought-provoking ideas for us to kind of share. And if you have any other thoughts around how we can better improve healthcare, please reach out to me at Joe Alex Lemon and link up with Dr. Dan. Let him know what your thoughts were about his conversation and his ideas. With that said, guys, we're out of here. of B2B buyers want content with more input from industry thought leaders. Launch a podcast and invite influencers on your show to position your brand as an industry leader. Learn more at salesculture.work.